Great. How are you? Okay. Okay. How are you? Um. Yeah. I'm doing okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that lockdown has made you more introverted? Like, kind of, but also not really, because like when I was doing my last year, like doing my masters uh, during my last year. I was like really stressed out. So I was like, really like, I didn't really have a lot of friends in Kyoto that Mm -hmm. because like most of my friends that I had been close to in Kyoto had like left. So by the time I came back, like they weren't there anymore. So it was, so I didn't really go out that much to meet people because it was kind of like, oh, I don't want to go through the effort of like making new friends when I'm going to leave. And I just want to like concentrate and finish my master's so I can like, get that done yeah so I was like really introverted throughout that whole last year so it just kind of like flowed into like more introversion (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that's kind of like mm -hmm. what made it hard in a way because I kind of was like okay like uh, I like I really like I'm gonna just be really introverted and not really do anything for this last year but then like after I like get a job then it'll be like then I'll go out more then I'm going to do all these goals that I like told myself I was going to do like you know try like take a group class and like you know uh do this type of thing and like go to the gym and stuff like that and then like lockdown hit and it was like well (laughs) (laughs) I know so unexpected I yeah I feel that I mean mm, I think weirdly like as you know like when I moved to Korea then I moved to the UK like I've just become more introverted and actually when I first met Peter I remember he was like oh yeah I think you're I mean it was like in the context of a conversation it wasn't just like a declaration out of the blue that's really weird um Mm -hmm. but he was just like oh yeah I think you're a bit more introverted and it was the first time someone said that to me and then I realized oh actually maybe I am and I took my lunar uh uh what do you what you call it test and I'm also an Aries Mm -hmm. um you're an Aries too right (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but as my sun sign, and for you, it's your moon sign, right? So Wait, what's the sun and moon sign? I'm confused. Sun is out, uh, outer face. Well, I didn't really, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't really look it up again, but what I kind of, like, got the feeling is, like, sun sign is more like how other people see you, and then moon sign is, like, your your actual self. Oh, okay, now I'm confused. Please. I think I got, okay, anyway, let's not go there, because I just completely... I need to double check my sources and okay. I forgot now. I think I'm getting it confused. Anyways, so yeah, yeah. So your moon sign is like your inner mood, and then sun sign is your zodiac personality. <laughs> I can't remember if because I did my entire birth chart, and mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. I can't remember specifically now that I'm thinking about it because I'm pretty sure Sun is my Pisces one and I'm not sure mm-hmm. exactly, but um yeah we'll <laughs> we'll go back to that because I think that's a really interesting topic of its own. But just to uh, not massively sidetrack, uh, yeah I've become just really comfortable being introverted and then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter and all of these things happen. I was in a meeting just now and I felt like really, you know, it just takes like a small pool of like-minded uh, people of color 
mm-hmm. especially to inspire you to like do other things. And I feel like really like, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. But then I also feel, oh, but I love keeping to myself too. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. It makes me really worried because I know at the end of the day, especially um, like in my sector, if you don't network, if you don't know people to like vouch for you and to network with, then you can't really get profound projects done. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't know. And I feel like really awkward now, like with, with vid calls and meeting new people. But eh. I, I don't know. Yeah. That, it was just made me think about that. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I saw your article. Um, I will. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, I just I need to check. I need to check my chart. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So I sent you the uh, the article. Oh yeah. About like yeah. Oh, you meant that article, not the other one. The one about oh, yeah. uh, the author. Okay. Yeah. Were you even yeah. listening to what I said? God. No, I was. But then you said, <laughs> I like, I saw kidding. your article and I thought you meant the one about by the by woman by woman. Like yeah. so I was oh. like oh okay. Oh no, you know? sorry. I I saw your uh the article you just sent about the, the yeah, charts. Yeah. Um this is gonna be really confusing to listen to. Um <laughs> Right. Well, anyway, well, we haven't done the intro yet, so we're cutting out this part, right? <laughs> oh no, I'm keeping this in. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm keeping this. I just realized as I was editing, like a gazillion. Okay, not a gazillion, but it felt like a gazillion to me, like recordings and hearing my voice over and over. I was like, man, I I gotta make this simpler because. I'm getting so sick of hearing my own own voice and I have to well I have to make sure it overall sounds good right and do you know how many well I say um so many times it's so many awkward pauses in conversation as well like we're talking now it's fine it seems normal but then when you listen back to it you realize there's so so many pauses in a two-minute conversation even yeah it's, yeah it's just it's just crazy but um right well I guess I'll do the intro now okay yeah yeah let's get into it i have to leave by 11 because i have something afterwards so yeah sounds good um just right fyi (laughs) yeah well it's it's best to keep this short anyways Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's interesting for us but i'm I'm not sure if a lot of our friends have patience to power through all of it well i'd like to think so but (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, um, right. Welcome to Coffee Combos. So Adrian's drinking a proper coffee. I'm drinking a tea. And we are just here to take deep dive on certain topics of interest while drinking coffee, which I will next time. Um, okay, so do you want to take it away with topic one? Okay, all right. So topic one is an article that... Um, I found via Twitter. Um, it's called There's No Permission Slip for Diversity. And so it's kind of about like, the main question is, as a white person, is it okay for me to write a book from the view of a Chinese character? And as a cis person, what kind of stories can I tell about trans people? And then am I doing harm to write these types of stories if I'm in a privileged position? So when the author is kind of talking about it, they're saying like, the problem is that people keep asking if they have like this kind of permission slip to be able to write it. 
And the thing is that you just need to do it wisely and to do it well. So whether or not you're, you can do it is not really the same as if you will really be able to do it. <laughs> so they were saying that, you know, you need a certain level of knowledge. And this also creates a kind of, you know, empathy gap because people are afraid to empathize with other people of other backgrounds while they're writing stories. So this author is actually saying that actually they support that people do write these types of stories. It's just they need to do the type of knowledge and they have to have a good understanding. And they were also saying how, um, like, we kind of had this idea of, like, if there are a certain number of privileged authors in a place, that will take up the spots that are available for people who are minorities or disadvantaged. And the author of this article is saying, well, you know, the world doesn't really work like that. It's not necessarily like that. So, you know, we have to kind of change the systems. We have to change, like, the whole industry but you know just gatekeeping voices that are trying to tell different stories that does not necessarily really help the problem because they aren't necessarily taking away spots from people and this is kind of like barring them from trying to think of how people feel in other positions um how it might be to live in another life which is something that you know minority people have to deal with constantly from the time that they've come into this world you know they have to think of like well how will this person feel if i say this like is it okay so anyway so basically overall the author is kind of saying that barring people of writing from backgrounds that are different from them kind of creates this kind of empathy gap which allows them to not empathize with people who are different from them and it doesn't necessarily solve the problem so in the end you know like it's not like they can say clearly like if you could do it you can do it or can't do it, but that, you know, people should be allowed to explore those types of things more and kind of think about their, think about backgrounds and think about, you know, people from different backgrounds and able to, and try to create connection with them. Um, I thought we were starting with your other article, LOL. But... Oh, well, you said... <laughs> I, well, in the, the form, it said, like, this one. Oh, no, but I thought, like, well, I, I was just going to say, oh, like, this was the article that you've brought up, and I just had some thoughts on it. But that's fine. That was a great introduction. Um, it Just to deviate from it a little bit, I think, well, empathy gap for... Uh, just, just so we have a definition in terms mm -hmm. of this, is uh, it's an inability to recognize and respond to the feelings of others, especially others we perceive as different from us, and most perniciously, those whose race is different from our own. So you mm -hmm. gave a very comprehensive um, summary, but I just wanted to share some thoughts on uh, reflections I had after I read it. So okay. I know mm -hmm. I emailed you about this. Um, mm -hmm. This definitely made me think of a few books in mm -hmm. past in high school that are like quote unquote questionable. And I yeah. thought, number one, have I read books that were written in a quote unquote authentic voice? And uh, two books came to mind. And I feel like this is a case of, um, mm, I don't know, I, I don't even know if I can call this, but empathy gap gone wrong. So 
um, Things Fall Apart by Shinua Achebe. It's basically, um, in a nutshell, the book is about pre-colonial life in Nigeria and the arrival mm-hmm. of Europeans during the late 19th century, a.k.a. colonization. Um, and then The Lord of the Flies by William Golding. Have, have you read this one, by the way? No, I haven't read either of them. Interesting. I wonder if it's like a Canadian-American curriculum thing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I definitely know of, hmm. well, I've. I don't know if I've heard of Things Fall Apart, maybe, but I've definitely heard of Lord of the Flies. <laughs> it's yeah. really popular. <laughs> I mean, it's in the popular mainstream, too, isn't it? Like, it was featured in The Simpsons and a lot of, like, articles yeah. talk about it. I think oh. everybody knows, like, the, you know, basic kind of plot of it. <laughs> well, for j- just in case, if people okay. haven't read it, it's about a group of British boys stranded on an island. I think that's, like, the basic summary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Things Fall Apart. Right. Um, I th- I'm more concerned about how people interpreted his book after they read it, and mm-hmm. of course, as you read a book, any book, you can empathize with the plot, with the characters, blah blah blah. But mm-hmm. then, predominantly white readers, I felt really empathized, or they thought they're empathizing with the author, and said, "Oh wow, he must have struggled through so much to write this." book wow um he is the representation of nigeria and they try to like uplift him and his book supposedly in this empathetic light but the thing Mm -hmm. is yo not all of us want to be representations he even said that himself Mm -hmm. it's just a book and it was how he was feeling you know yes it does have a historical fiction element to it but that was the, I, I literally think that was the only Nigerian book that I read, uh, oh gosh, like during my formal education. Mm-hmm. So even like when we were studying this book, it was, oh, page two, chapter, sorry, <laughs> page two, line three is typical Nigerian symbolism of blah, blah, blah. And we must really deep dive into this to understand mm-hmm. Nigerian culture. It's like, Oh, I felt something off then, but now I'm like, that was wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why can't we just read it as a book? So that that was that was for for things fall apart. I, I know we're this is a massive side tangent of um, the article. That's not necessarily what this article centers on, but that's what it reminded me of. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard, I think, because if there's like not many examples of something, then it kind of becomes representation even if it's not really meant to be like, yeah. actually this really reminds me of, cause I'm, I'm recently doing this project where I'm trying to like kind of make these like fairy tale covers that are more diverse and trying to think of different backgrounds. So I already posted one that was like kind yeah. of Chinese themed. And right now I was, was working on one for like Hansel and Gretel and I wanted to make the children like black Americans and as I was like drawing it, I was like, I don't, I hope that nobody like reads too much into it. It's not supposed to be like any kind of like political <laughs> commentary or anything. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just like the the fact of like drawing like these two like scared black children running away. I felt a little <laughs> bit like, oh, oh yeah. is this like awkward? <laughs> you know, but it's like, it's not supposed to be like any kind of reflection of anything. You know, it's not supposed to be like, this is what I think, you know, like a representation is. It's just like, I just want to imagine the same story, but with 
just you know characters of different backgrounds and maybe there is some like cultural things that play into it maybe not you know it's just like you know it's just a classic story with different characters <laughs> so yeah. I don't know so but I felt like because I don't really draw you know black people that often like I was thinking about it recently I was like I've only drawn like Asian people for like the last 10 years <laughs> I, like, I oh, wonder why interesting. <laughs> I'm like okay uh, well it's good I'm bridging out <laughs> but I mean because I don't draw black people very much it kind of becomes a representation you know mm. yeah even yeah. though I don't mean it to be just because there's only one it kind of seems like a representation so I felt I kind of felt like oh okay I have to try to make sure to like make some more diverse things after this so that people don't think that like this is kind of my image of all black people you know <laughs> I mean yes, obviously there yeah. are like lots of people from different backgrounds you know like so so just like one representation can't capture everything you know so anyway so it's like if there's only one it just becomes like that I think <laughs> oh absolutely um and but I, I think also then and even now, I mean, the language to talk about this kind of stuff is just appearing now. But, mm-hmm. you know, then uh, as I was speaking with, you know, even, even my friends, they're like, wow, like this is such a good, great book. And they, they it's not like they were doing anything, quote unquote, wrong. Like and for you, mm-hmm. like you're not you're not doing anything wrong. You're you're just trying to branch out in your art. But but I, I think this is like slightly different. But. Mm-hmm. I, something fell off, but I just didn't know what was off. And even now I'm having trouble placing what exactly is off. And it's like, they like the book. What What's the matter? But mm-hmm. it's just the fact that, you know, they, they think like, oh, th- this is it. It's one thing if they read like 50 books from Nigeria and they're comparing it. That's slightly different. But mm-hmm. yeah, so that that was that. Not to go into it too much because I have like... I don't have a solution to all of this, you know, it's just, yeah. just a thought. And then, so basically like for, for things fall apart, I felt like a lot of readers were, you know, they were kind of like, I'm not racist. I'm being empathetic toward this book. That's not white. And then for Lord of the Flies, it was interesting because, and I, I did really enjoy the book actually. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt like a lot of people, they empathize with the plot, but in, from my knowledge, I think Golden wrote this to say, like, listen, anyone, like, humankind has a potential to turn savage when in this strange situation. And we can see TV shows, like, uh, Lost and, well, there, there are, like, multiple other ones, right? <laughs> Even, like, celebrity, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. That's, like, they're on an island, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I just felt like even in my class, everyone was like, yeah, but they were in like a specific situation. Like they were being really stupid. I would never let that happen to me because they actually um, accidentally get on some sort of ship that takes off. Um, that's not me. That would only happen to people in certain country. That's not me. And that was actually the commentary that. I strongly remember as we study this book in high school, like that can't be me. That's for savage people. That's for stupid people. So that was just a complete 180 of this like connection and empathizing with the plot and characters that really just stuck with me. <laughs> Does that surprise mm-hmm. you though? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, not really, I guess. I mean, it's interesting because I think like another facet of this is for like a lot of stories that get told 
uh, that are of like other backgrounds like it's a very story like a story of like suffering you know mm. but it's a story of like you know colonial suffering or like cultural suffering you know mm. so I think that like when like when white people or like read this book and uplift it you know like it's good that they are listening to these voices but at the same time they kind of place it in a position of like oh these people they need help they need the white savior yeah so it's kind of like putting it in a way that they're kind of like I don't know kind of looking down on other cultures in a way like in a way it's good to acknowledge the pain that other cultures have felt especially because of colonialism and it is really good to like point that out and you know know that history but at the same time I feel like sometimes it does kind of make white people feel like they're in this position of like oh well you know like like look at these countries that we must save you know like or and maybe we like wronged them in the past but now we're going to like save them through other ways like nonprofit organizations and and such mm. and such which like which is good that they have this empathy and they good they have this type of compassion but i think it still kind of places a lot of cultures and other countries in a kind of subservient kind of role yeah so so there's like good parts about it but also like some problematic aspects about it as well i think and it definitely comes down to how it's taught as well mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. in formal education but uh, well, well i mean yeah something to um this is a thought I would say that we should let simmer in our brains and not forget. Yeah, as well, there as is them. like no like real like answer, you know, which no. is kind of the, the good and the bad part about it. You know, it's just something yeah. that we all need to kind of think about, but it's not really something where there is a, a clear right or wrong type of, yeah. you know, dichotomy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so we'll, yeah, we'll link this article, the great find, Adrian, and I definitely think this is something that, like I said, we should constantly be thinking about because there is no one single correct answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, do you <laughs> want to introduce your other article again? Okay, uh, I haven't read it in a bit, so I'm not sure <laughs> entirely. Um, all right. Um well, sorry to interrupt, so, but I, I, oh, sorry, I can send it to you now if you. Oh, don't okay. Know. Uh, no, I think. Well, I. Okay. Well, all right. I just found it. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> um, so it's an article that was written by the author of Love Simon. Um, her name is Becky Albertalli. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's called "I Know I'm Late." Um, so. It's basically about how she uh, she felt like she was heavily scrutinized after writing stories about uh, gay characters. And, you know, people were kind of saying, like, this is like a white, cis, straight woman. Like, what does she know about the LGBT mm-hmm. community? And how can she tell these types of stories? And she was saying how it felt very scary to be, like, scrutinized like this. And in the end, she actually did find that she she was by mm-hmm. um i think even though she's married to a man so yeah anyway so she was talking about that kind of experience and she was saying well like just think about how heavily you scrutinize these authors but maybe not all of them are 
are straight. Like I realized I was by, you know, maybe there are other authors that are not straight and are not out and they're getting like heavily scrutinized online by so many people. And, you know, that can be a very like, you know, violent or dangerous um, type of thing to go through because like, if you're not ready to be out, then, you know, like it might kind of force people out of their closet when they're not ready to be yet or, you know, like it could be very like scary for them too. Like maybe they're not, they're not ready for that type of change, but yet all these people on the internet are scrutinizing them and they kind of force them into it. So anyway, so that's kind of basically what the the article was about. So it kind of, I think played an interesting counterpoint with the other article because it's kind of like talking about like, well, you know, like maybe I don't match what you think like the, the background should be for this character but maybe mm-hmm. i do and you don't know you know yeah. and i'm just like scrutinizing people about it like you know you might force them one way or another so is this like really like healthy or is this really a good thing to do if i can read a quote from the article so she said you know what's a mind fuck questioning your sexual identity in your 30s when every self-appointed literary expert on twitter has to share their hot take on the matter <laughs> yeah i i think also there is this layer of social media mm-hmm. that probably wasn't here even as of like three years ago um you know because even the jk rowling's uh that whole trans issue like everyone had a hot take on it mm-hmm. and it quickly gets uh explosive um but yeah sorry i interrupted you what were you I, well i was giving you a break to take a gulp of your coffee have you finished it by the way <laughs> Oh, no, I haven't finished it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't finished my tea, too. Um, but yeah, sorry, what were you saying? No, I, I finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, another great line. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I really, I really relate to this, especially the judgmental part. I, I mean, mm-hmm. everyone judges, whether it's um, negative or or positive or sorry intentional or, or not but with with this specific issue it boggles my mind on a fundamental level because you look at someone you, you can't assume that they're straight you can't assume that you know they're they're like part of the lgbtqa family like you just never know and it just confuses me as to why people care who other people want to sleep with or in love with. That's like another conversation. But, and 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 that being said, there is no, I mean, we're like very complicated people. There isn't like a set template for each, each gender or each type of person. So, you know, when I, I was saying last time, uh, you know, when, when people stereotype me or like a Korean person, Korean American person, Asian person, like I get so annoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that being said, like the, the fact that people were saying this book is not authentic, <laughs> the author is not part of the LGBTQIA family. It's like, but how do you know just because she she's married and she's supposedly presenting as heterosexual? Like you don't know these things. It, it just boggles my mind. Like I don't have... <laughs> 
I don't have like a concrete um like point and solution here but that was just what stuck in my mind like you just don't know and that's what makes it like really great for everyone to be flexible but also really confusing and that's why you have to make uh you have to ask the the questions to make sure that uh the person who you're speaking with is comfortable mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah what do you think I mean, like i think there is this like maybe not aspect of she needs to be scrutinized but i think it is good that, to try to uplift people who are yeah. from like those, you know, disadvantaged, you know, types of positions or, you know, um, are t- talking about their openly out experience. So I kind of feel like maybe the takeaway from this is like you shouldn't scrutinize about authors you don't know about, but then, you know, also you can try to uplift openly gay and out authors too like that's yeah you know like it doesn't have to be like you know like you you don't have to like scrutinize authors who may not be out in order to uplift other authors that are out already you know well one thing i've also noticed is uh well (laughs) i of course i saw this on twitter someone i don't have the exact tweet but it was from a few months ago and someone tweeted saying it seems to be very quote-unquote trendy to come out as bi these days especially from uh by female entertainers mm-hmm. so for example jamela jamel i don't know if you follow her um oh, mm-hmm. yeah she well yeah yes you do because you watch a good place duh um well yeah, I mean, I don't follow her, but, like, I know of her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's what I meant, like, you you know of her. Uh, I haven't followed this issue since, sorry, not issue, the story since, but she came out as bi, uh, like, the same day as, like, so, one of her, um, like, what, projects or whatever was announced, and people were immediately like, this is clearly a lie, you're clearly doing this to attract more attention to uh, promote your own agenda and work. And I thought like, okay, maybe that's true, but we don't know. Like, I just don't like this. Like, how do you know if she's bi or not? Like, who cares? Like, do you even, uh, I don't know, that, that makes me like really uncomfortable. Like I said, we don't have a template. We don't need a template to judge if someone's like, a good bi person a good asian person or not so i just find it mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous but like she says um every self-appointed literary expert on twitter has to share their hot take on the matter so it's mm-hmm. just it's just going to happen anyway isn't it yeah 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 it's like i don't know i guess like in maybe this is a bit cynical and I don't know, maybe I'm not thinking this through very much, but at the, on one hand, I kind of feel like, does it really matter if it's like not true or not, you know, like in a way, like by coming out as by, like, even if it's not true, like maybe she thinks it's true at the time, who knows, you know, like you don't know her situation. You don't know who she is, yeah. but also like, I feel like it kind of raises awareness for people who might not know more about like the different sexualities or anything so I don't know I'm like does it matter if it's like even if it's like fake does it really matter I don't know (laughs) like is there like a bad outcome to it being like (laughs) not true I I don't know I mean like maybe you can help me answer that too like is there a kind of a downside of if (laughs) if she is lying about it 
because I don't really see one personally, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's cynical. Like, like I said before, I, I truly find it mind boggling that people care about this stuff. Yeah. It's like, why do you care who someone else is sleeping with or loves? That's none of your business. Who cares? Um, yeah. I just had to em- emphasize that again. And second, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't like to eat the same meal every day. I like to switch it up. Oh, wait, maybe mm-hmm. this is not a good comparison. I'm going to backtrack <laughs> right away because I, I do not want to be canceled. But, um, and actually, that's a topic we should get into as well. <laughs> but I just think, you know, truly, maybe one day you do think you're a bi. Um, and mm-hmm. that's okay. And maybe, you know, a few weeks later, the next day you realize, oh, no, actually, I'm not. That That's fine. Like, no one can tell you that. Only only you can, not to be too cliche. And mm-hmm. I, like I said, like, when she announced that, I thought, well, whatever she's releasing, it's going to be released. What's the problem? Like, she's just, mm-hmm. it, it, if, if it was for promo, you know, good for her. She's doing what she needs to do. But I did read some very loyal fans who felt deceived like how could you not tell us you could have done this as a separate announcement why do you have to um compact it with this announcement of your other thing so mm-hmm. that again was like if you're a loyal fan then shouldn't you be more supportive mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know man it's, it's i agree with you i think it's really yeah. weird <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean i guess like announcing at the same time as the project that is kind of like it does seem a bit sketchy, so it would have been nicer, I think, if she did release it separately. I mean, I don't, I didn't read anything about it, so I don't know the actual situation or how she presented it or whatever. But I mean, it does seem like it would be nice if she said it at a different time. But that just because the timing coincides doesn't mean that it's fake, you know. So it's like, you know, maybe she should have tried to do it at a different time, but. You know, does it, it also kind of doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, also, we're not like uh, experts in entertainment and we're not mm-hmm. actresses. So what what do we know about TV yeah. media? <laughs> you know, that's why I just. Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it felt like more natural for her to do it at that time. Yeah. because She was like, oh, you know, like as I'm releasing this project, like finally telling you guys about this. I also want to tell yeah. you this other news, which is related to it. So I don't know, like. On the one hand, I can see why people could kind of, like, see it as being promo. Like, on the other hand, it's like, well, maybe, you know, because those things are kind of linked in her mind, she just felt it was natural to say it at the same time. Right. So, I mean, who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? Exactly. It can be interpreted... I mean, especially like text, it, it can be interpreted in such different ways, which is what's beautiful about it, but also really annoying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You just so don't know. <laughs> and headlines, headlines can deceive you in so many ways. Yeah. So maybe she didn't say that, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, great, great choices about the two articles. I'll try to choose a better <laughs> one for our, for our next one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to your things. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm really interested in this type of thing. And I have friends that are interested in this, too. So, like, they send me stuff like this, too. So, kind yeah. of just collect them. <laughs> I think um, we mentioned this before. What's really trick? 
Hmm. And this is why I want to talk about canceling culture, because Mm -hmm. um, especially now, there are so many resources, so many links. And if you Mm -hmm. if you don't want to read something, then there's art, there's an infographic, there are documentaries or podcasts. So you don't really have an excuse not to know. But Mm -hmm. um, that leads to the problem of um, just mental exhaustion and just feeling mm-hmm. drained. So you need to take days off. But unfortunately, because everyone's at home, if you miss mm-hmm. a day, you might miss out on a lot or, or maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, so mm-hmm. people are kind of like, why don't you know this? And they just cast you off right away, which I don't think that's fair. We can't get to every article on our save list. Like, we need to mm-hmm. process it and absorb it. So Again, I don't know what the solution to that is, but we'll we'll have to talk about that next time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about cancel culture. <laughs> yeah, I need to write them down. I don't uh, know. I feel like the main crux of the matter is like, well, obviously, I don't agree with internet bullying, and I think that there yeah. are many, you know, instances in which people go too far. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of like mainstream media is kind of blowing it up as being like this very like like it's an epidemic and all this stuff and I don't know I feel like for some things like for example for JK Rowling or for like you know huge celebrities when they're quote-unquote canceled it's not like you know like maybe they do need this type of huge reaction in order to show like you know that their position is wrong or that they're spreading misinformation or stuff like that i mean and i don't think it's necessarily like personally targeted and they're so rich anyway so (laughs) it's kind of like you know like if they're targeting their job security or stuff like that it's like well they're already like a millionaire like yeah do they need to worry about their job security at this point you know so I don't know. So in some ways, I feel like it's kind of blown out of proportion by the traditional media as a way to villainize everybody on social media and kind of like silence their voices. You know, it's yeah. like, OK, like there is a difference between hate and criticism, you know. So mm-hmm. so I feel like a lot of times, like when I read about in traditional media, they just kind of are like, oh, they're just getting hate. And it's like, well, no, actually, there's like legitimate criticism, here, <laughs> which is now just being like written off as hate. So yeah. I know that kind of frustrates me too, because then I feel like like the people people's positions on the internet just kind of get vilified when it's like, no, they actually have legitimate things that they're trying <laughs> to say, but it's just like, oh, cancel culture, and it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, obviously there are parts of it that are bad; it's not all good, but at the same time, you know, there are some legitimate reasons for, you know, these things or these criticisms or, you know, this happening. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think we have to figure out a way to allow people to receive the feedback and mm-hmm. to like sh- to show up and to show that they're reflected and learned. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if they don't, then <laughs> should they be canceled? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But w- I think in particular that that's really impacted me because we talked about how we're um just naturally self-policing our own voices as East Asian uh, American woman. Mm-hmm. But but the fact that there is now a risk to be canceled on top of that makes me, like, even more nervous. I mean, I don't want to be silent at the end of the day. That's not mm-hmm. a good way to go for this movement. But I just don't know how to tread forward 
um, mm-hmm. in a respectable and sensitive way, but and to just like show my opinion, I don't know. And I've seen other mm-hmm. people do it, and they even trample down on. So it's like that makes me so nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I feel like cancel, quote unquote, cancel culture is different when it's talking about like celebrities or public figures versus yeah. just like regular Us. people on the internet <laughs> you know like yeah. obviously we are not millionaires we don't have a huge social following that we can like weld in order to change <laughs> many minds I mean like yeah it's it's like you know obviously we're on there we're nowhere on the level of JK Rowling no so it's kind of like so I think it's it's different in that respect like I think definitely people on the internet should be more kind to people and more willing to just kind of like explain their criticisms rather than just attack them, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I like, I saw one post I thought was pretty good. I think it was on Twitter or something. And they were saying like, you know, part of the difference is like, well, you know, like for example, with JK Rowling, it's like, if I think that her views like don't align with mine, I don't want to support her financially or buy any of her things. Like, that's my choice it's not like I'm sending her to jail you know Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of like a way in which a lot of people have conflated it you know it's kind of like oh they're condemning JK Rowling it's like well I'm a consumer I'm allowed to choose what I want to buy yeah Yeah, I agree that that is a good point so it's like different from like you know if it's like just a person like that doesn't have uh, a following I think yeah in that kind of sense it's definitely never the answer and that you know like you don't need people like all like you know jumping on you and trying to like you know dogpile on you and force you to change your mind like I don't think this that even really works anyway so it's kind of like no uh. (laughs) um well I put a post on my IG story about Mm ramen like ramen it was just chin ramen Mm -hmm. and I didn't even know about this this is a really Mm -hmm. quick point by the way I at one point I spelled it like um R-A, like, ramen, like, R-A-M-E-N, and then R-A-M-Y-E-O-N. And then, like, so, again, like, this isn't, obviously, cancel culture for us is very different as regular people. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I should have specified earlier, actually. But, like, a few friends were like, what do you mean? Like, which ramen do you mean? And they weren't trying to, like, cancel me or be annoying. But I was yeah. instantly annoyed. To me, it's like, dude, they're just, ra- it's just noodles. It's ramen. Who cares? <laughs> like, are you serious? And they're like, well, actually, if you are eating it this way, it means it's, it, like, it's spelled this way. I don't even remember enough to refer to my DMs to double check. And I just thought, like, wow. <laughs> That's specific, dude. I, I mean, I'm still yeah. going to post ramen again in my yeah, Instagram. Yeah. I, I don't care. But that just goes to show you like, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, earlier. Some people I, are so oh, nitpicky. <laughs> yeah. yeah I know. I, know. Um, I just showed earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to let you take a gulp of coffee, which I now realize sounds really weird. I meant I paused to let you take a sip of your coffee. So sorry, oh. it sounded really weird. It's okay. Um, anyways, um, yeah, okay. Do you do you want to finish the episode? Uh, what, what should I do? Should I do a little outro? I do a little jingle that you're pretty much kidding. Oh, I, I don't know if I can make up a song on the fly. <laughs> okay. Uh, so today we talked about 
um, so the empathy gap, right? Mm -hmm. And talking about like having a permission slip for diversity, which I think is something that is very important to think about. Um, And then we also talked about um, scrutinizing authors of different backgrounds and trying to see if they're like what their sexuality is and kind of the harmful effects of that. And then we also talked about uh, a little bit about cancel culture and our thoughts on that, although that is a very big topic. So I guess we'll mm. probably follow up with that at a, at a later date. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a beautiful so, outro. <laughs> thank you. I was looking at your script. <laughs>